Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this very special edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story to tell, and in our podcast, we give a voice to those women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share these stories because we think that in their shining, it gives everyone else permission to shine. We need to begin to lift one another up and stop putting one another down, and I think today's guest is a perfect example of that. So welcome today to Joni Wickham. Joni, thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a real joy uh, to be on your podcast, and I have loved um, getting to know you over the past several months and learning more about you and your work um, on social media and through your website. So I am wrapping up my time as Mayor Sly James's chief of staff in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, we've been in office since May of 2011, and um, we have um, just a few more days left in office. We've been really, really busy um, helping jumpstart our city's economy, um, helping uh, women find their voice in Kansas City, um, doing some really interesting infrastructure projects like building a new single terminal airport, a brand new streetcar starter line, $800 million infrastructure bond, and um, doing wow. some things to, yeah, and doing some things to revitalize um, the city's um, east side, which had been disinvested um, for a long time. So um, I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> I bet, I bet. We've, we've had a lot going on the past eight years, um, but uh, really um, excited about um, uh, tying a bow around the past eight years and and moving on um, to um, our next chapter. So I have to say, I'm blown away by just the few uh, amazing magnanimous projects that you just mentioned. I'm very aware of uh, government, how it runs, and what it does when it's doing its job well, and that is a job well done. So thank you. Kudos, kudos to you and the mayor. Um, folks, if you haven't been out there to Kansas City, you've got to get out there. It's a robust, beautiful, wonderful part of the country that is sort of a secret that we're going to let the secret out today on this podcast with Joni. So tell us a little bit about um, maybe your education, what you're going to do after you uh, wrap up this, you know, 11, since 2011, you've been doing this wonderful work. Um, you know, tell us a little bit more. We're very curious about you. Sure thing. Um, so I grew up in North Carolina. Uh, rural North Carolina, you might detect a little bit of a twang. I know what I know. You know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Just a little. Yeah. I love Sounds it. like designing women on your podcast this morning. <laughs> totally. I have been so. accused, I've been accused of being Suzanne Sugarbaker more than once. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So I grew up in rural North Carolina, teeny tiny town. Um, and then went to an all-women's college, Meredith College, the Angels, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, had the wonderful opportunity to spend my last year of undergrad in St. Petersburg, Russia. Um, I wanted to learn about democratic institutions and freedom of the press, so naturally I went to Russia. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, and it was, <laughs> it was such a life-changing moment for me because um, growing up um, in, a, in a little bitty rural town, it gave me an idea of just how big the world was and how big some of the problems were, but also just how large some opportunities were too. Um, so then when I came back from Russia, I went uh, to the University of Missouri, Columbia, got my master's degree in political science there and did some um, studying uh, in uh, the women's and gender studies department. Worked for a 
that. Yeah. I gotta say that, that you're speaking my language. I love it. Yeah. I uh, went to work um, at the uh, Missouri State Capitol for several years, um, most recently for then Secretary of State Robin Carnahan. Uh, and then in May of 2011, a friend of mine who's a political consultant uh, called me and said, would you want to come interview for a communications position with uh, then Mayor-elect Sly James? And I said, who? That really can't be his name. <laughs> I had to Google him to figure out who this gentleman was who had just become mayor of Kansas City. Long story short, I came and met him within, within five minutes of meeting him. I thought, if this guy offers me this job, I'm going to be here in a heartbeat. Um, and it has just been an incredible ride. I have learned so much from him and um, from working on the, the variety of projects that we've had going here. Um, I've learned a lot from my chief of staff colleagues in other cities. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a few days remaining in office and then I'm going to take a couple of weeks to kind of catch my breath. I got to clean my garage. I can't remember what the floor <laughs> looks like. There hadn't been a lot of time in the past eight years for that. Um, I have a six year old daughter and I haven't had time to do her baby book yet. So I'm going to take yeah. some time to do those things. Good. And then, yeah. And then I'm going to jump into consulting on some projects and issues that I feel strongly about. Things like women's leadership, of course, um, climate brava, change. Brava. Yeah, climate change um, for sure, um, infrastructure, um, things like that. Well, I, I want to tell you, um, so folks, I know Joni. We've had a few conversations, and it's a love story, as you can tell, two women from yeah. the South. Um, but I want to ask you, while the listeners are listening, Tell me a little bit more about this dynamo couple you and the mayor are that, that you've made a real um, dynamic, you know, force for good in your area and how, you know, what is it about him that made you go, yes, I want to work here. And how is it that you guys have been so successful along the way? Good questions. And something that I've thought a lot about over the years and particularly in the last few months when we're wrapping up our term in office, um, he is, um, a 68-year-old black man from uh, urban Kansas City. I am um, approaching 40, white woman from the South. So at face value, we don't have a lot in common, um, but we have become really good friends um, and thought partners. Um, we I think we complement each other's leadership styles really well. He has said several times, and I wholeheartedly agree with him, that sometimes um, he's the engine and I'm the brakes, and then other times it's vice versa. Um, we just kind of click, you know, our, our personalities just click, and that doesn't happen all the time. Uh, he's the fourth elected official I've worked for, so I've been able to watch different leadership styles and leadership pairings over the years. And um, sometimes things just click and you just need to run with it for as long as you can. Um, I appreciate his energy and his big, bold vision. Um, I appreciate the fact that he has such a strong moral compass and no ego. You just don't find that very often in politics at any level. Um, so it's just been, it's been a real joy. And um, I think because of the way we work together, um, we've been able to accomplish um, a lot of things. Well, I have to say that um, it strikes me as a beautiful example of how, you know, what inclusion looks like and how people operate when they operate out of curiosity 
about the other rather than, oh, this person doesn't look, act, sound like I do, so I'm not going to engage with that person or in any meaningful way. But uh, clearly, you, you two have been curious about what you can do together, about each other, how you can impact your area. And now I think the world, because I know some of the clients that you have, you are quite a dynamo. Um, speaking of those professional accomplishments, what would you say is your proudest professional accomplishment? Um, I would have to say it would be our women's empowerment initiative that we kicked off in, in 2014. Um, when I became chief of staff um, about five years ago, uh, the mayor was um, really interested in things that were important to me, which frankly doesn't happen with a staff person very often. It's usually all about the elected official and their agenda. Um, so I told him that if I were going to be chief of staff and if I was going to be in a leadership position for him, I felt it was my obligation, both my personal and professional obligation, to find a way to support um, and celebrate women's leadership. So we created a women's empowerment blueprint that um, did several different things to support women employees, to support women on businesses in the city, and also to get more women civically engaged by appointing them to municipal boards and commissions. Um, so I would have to say of all the things that we've done, um, the Women's Empowerment Initiative is probably um, the thing that, that I would say is, is my greatest accomplishment and, and the thing that I'm most proud of. Well, knowing what I do for giving and for a living, I think you know that I would agree wholeheartedly that that is your number one uh, proudest uh, professional accomplishment. I think that's great. Uh, holding hands across the nation and lifting one another up is so important in every, like not just particular industries, in every way, whether you're a working mom or whether you're just, you know, totally devoted to your profession and we still need to give kudos and shine a light on women who are getting it done because so often we have not gotten the credit we deserve. And those days are numbered. So thank you to you uh, for your contribution in that. Uh, well, who has been your mentor? Who's been your inspiration? Um, I have been honored to be around a lot of women in government and politics. Um, and a lot of women who um, have accomplished a lot, uh, former Senator Jean Carnahan, Robin Carnahan. Um, I've been really uh, blessed to be around people like that. But I would say my biggest inspiration is probably my grandmother, who um, is in an assisted living um, facility in North Carolina. She never finished high school. She's not very educated. She very rarely held a job outside the home. But that woman had the strongest work ethic of any human being I have ever seen. Um, and I think she taught me a lot of important lessons about work ethic that have been really valuable to me over the years. And um, she just showed me that um, women are capable of wonderful things, no matter what their background may be, yeah. no matter what their education level may be. Um, and um, she also showed me the value of relationships um, that woman has been beloved in her community for as long as I've been alive. Um, she's never held elected office. Like I said, she's never worked outside the home very much, um, but she cared about people and she was very genuine and authentic. Um, and that's really inspirational for me. 
I love that. I love that. So you touch upon the fact that uh, women have great things to offer regardless of their background, education, experience, professional um, standing, et cetera. I love that. That is yeah. so amazing. So your grandmother sounds like someone I want on my podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's an awesome lady. She really is. She's well, awesome. It sounds like you and I are aligned in many, many ways, not just our Southern accents, but in many passions and many professional commitments and in many, um, the way we personify what we believe. I'm totally open. I'm out there. I'm speaking up. I'm helping others. I'm, you know, it, it, it really is, you know, uh, I think something, it's time for us to be heard. So, so I feel like women have been speaking up, but have we been heard? I'm not sure. So I appreciate what you're doing. And you know that I have the personal uh, strong belief that we should help each other out. Um, I know you do a lot of that. So what is one way that you might advise other women who don't have your, um, you have, you have a gift in that you're in the public's eye and the role that you have is, you know, you're always going to get press coverage and you probably have a huge network, but how can, you know, everyday women who don't have those gifts, how can they support other women in business or just other women? Great question. Um, I think that women should themselves become more comfortable leading as women and not trying to lead like a man. And I think in doing that, we should encourage others to do that as well. Um, you and I have talked before just about the differences in the way men and women lead and women have so much to bring to the table and we have um, personality and leadership traits that come honestly more naturally to women than, than some of our male counterparts. And those are important and they add value to the community. They add value to the decision-making um, process. And I just think that women, um, the best thing we can do is uh, encourage other women to lead from themselves and use their own heart and their own soul and um, use their perspective um, to be valuable contributors to their community and not so much worry about um, how they should be leading. I see a lot of, of women from time to time that want to be more like a man and lead like a man so that they fit in. And I just don't think that's long-term sustainable. And I don't think it's good for the community either. You're so spot on. I mean, it took everything not to just jump in there and go, woohoo, because you are, <laughs> you are hitting the nail on the head. Um, you know, there's something out there, and I want our listeners to Google this, called muted group theory. And when yes. I do my presentations, I talk a lot about that. And I remember back in the 90s, I was one of these women that did this thing called mimic men in order to be successful. Yep. And, you know, now I'm like, you know what? Forget that. Own my story. Be who I am. Uh, you, you two are very Brene Brown, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So own your story, be authentic and show people how it's, um, you know, we should, we should value our unique differences and how we lead differently and how we're uh, less hierarchical and more collaborative. And we ask a lot of questions. It doesn't mean we're insecure or need validation or seeking input from others because we don't know the answer. It's because we are transformational leaders. Uh, so I love that that was your example of how women, regardless of, you know, place in life, how you can help other women. That's amazing. 
own your story, be who you are, lead with you from the inside out. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, and, and women leaders tend to have emotional intelligence in ways that um, men don't always exhibit. And I think that's really important and we should, um, we should embrace it and lean into it and not be scared of it. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. So here's an example. Um, whereas EQ is a huge leadership quality or trait, I think leadership as defined by the white male of old who used to define everything corporate, everything legal, everything engineering firm, everything professional services, what did leadership look like? It didn't include any EQ, but we know today that true leaders who motivate, inspire, and move others and encourage them to do as well or better than they have done are filled with EQ and that EQ is a very valuable leadership tool. I know that for one, uh, women try to establish balance and try to, you know, make sure it's a team, uh, either, you know, the fault or the praise goes to the team and that, you know, no one's thrown under the bus. Now we know there are a lot of those mean girls out there who are still insecure and afraid to lead with their true selves. And they try to behave like, what they think leadership looks like and it's not working out so much. So I say to you ladies, don't be afraid to be who you are and to lift other women. And yes, they answer with, but there are only two positions at the top for women. The goal is not to kick other women down and beat them exactly. down to those two positions. The goal for Joni and for me is to create more positions at the top. Yep. So we're going to multiplier effect. There you go. We're going to change the world. Joni. Yeah. <laughs> Here's hoping. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, what has been your biggest challenge? Because we know that in doing great things come great challenges. So what has been your biggest challenge or setback? And how did you overcome that? Um, two things. Um, my background, um, I, I didn't really come from a family that had political connections um, we had a very modest background growing up. Um, I grew up to a single mom. Um, so I did not have, um, family that like wrote big checks to political campaigns and that sort of thing. So I always just kind of had to figure out my own path and use mentors and network of people who knew how the political process worked. Um, to get to where I am. Um, so, so that was one thing, just like not having um, any sort of political connections when I first started out. Um, I made a lot of mistakes and probably looked pretty foolish doing a few things just because I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, but once I got here at Chief of Staff, I think the biggest challenge is kind of some of the things that we talked about being a woman, a youngish woman. Um, I'm five foot one on a good day. Um, and working in a male dominated field, I remember, um, we were, we were negotiating a deal for a brand new 800 room convention hotel in downtown Kansas city. And when I was, um, leaving my first meeting with the development team, one of the white male attorneys in the construction industry said, you know, you really need to talk more in meetings or you're going to get ran over. And I just looked at him and I said, when I have something to say, you will know, I, <laughs> I will speak very clearly, um, but I'm not one to fill the air, um, which I think too many people do uh, in meetings from time to time. So I think overcoming some of those assumptions of what leadership looked like from a white male perspective, like we were talking, that would be the other challenge. That's phenomenal. I bet you have a ton of stories about great examples of what to do and 
by living that example and seeing what not to do. Um, so I'm super glad to have you on here today. I want to ask, um, you're a public figure, so people know an awful lot about you, probably sometimes more than you want to know. Uh, otherwise, if you're like I am, you put it all out there and you don't really care. There's nothing to hide. You're like a fish in a fishbowl. But let me ask you, is there something people don't know, like a surprising fact about you that you'd like people to know? Sure. This is, this is a fun one, though. Um, I think I'm probably one of the few people on the planet who have been kissed on the cheek by both Vladimir Putin and Barack Obama. <laughs> wow. Okay, so, so I have uh, that. I've never heard anybody say that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Is totally a surprising fact about you. I've never had anyone like throw me for a loop like that. Usually I'm like, oh, wow. But this is like, what? You know, even just to say, now I, I have met Mr. Obama and hung out with him and his family on the beach and shaken his hand and been kissed on the cheek, but to, to have the dichotomy that you bring to the yeah. table, wow, what a range, huh? That's incredible. Um, and no, folks, she's not a spy. <laughs> no, I'm not a spy. I'm not, no. I just happened to be standing on a crowded street in St. Petersburg one day, freezing my booty off. <laughs> That's how that happened. <laughs> Well, I bet you got a little chillier after that Putin kiss. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, um, that's awesome. That is probably the most awesome answer I've ever gotten to that particular question. And I'm usually, you know, surprised, but that one just blows me away. That's one for the books, folks. So let me ask you, um, I know you have a lot going on. You have a few days left in office. You're packing boxes to do, reacquainting yourself with your family, um, hopefully getting a little me time in there. So, you know, a little self-love and nurturing and breathing and, you know, reset your clock. But when you get back at it or, you know, now that you're leaving this office, how do people get in touch with you? What if they want to connect with you or hire you? I mean, you're going to be consulting. So we want to know how to reach you and hire you. Sure thing. So you can um, reach out to me on Twitter. I'd love to hear from folks. Joni Smith, KCMO is my Twitter handle. I'm also on LinkedIn and um, Facebook. And uh, if you um, are able to connect with me on social media, you'll be hearing about um, next steps in mid-August. So I'll be sure everyone can get in touch with me that way as well. Oh, I'm so excited. Maybe we should do a follow-up after, um, you know, a little Where is Joni Now? That would be so much fun. I'd love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I think in the meantime, you pause, breathe, renew, and then proceed into the next chapter of your life. And I know there's so many folks out in Kansas City who are so grateful for you and the mayor and what you've done to make their lives better and that community a great place to live, work, and play. Um, I am very involved in politics and I know a good doobie when I see one. So good on you, as they say in the South. And thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we say goodbye? It's just an honor to be part of this conversation. And I just want to give a bunch of kudos to you for everything that you do to shine a light on women. Um, I love your energy and I just love the way you wrap your arms um, around other women and uh, try to make sure that you're doing all you can to support uh, women in leadership because that's how we're going to make change in the world. So thank you. And it's just been a real um, pleasure to chat with you today. 
You too, Joni. You too. You're remarkable. So I actually um, talked to my husband about making a trip out your way to meet you and your folks and the mayor and all those great folks in Kansas City. You know, I have quite a few friends down there. Yes. We'd love to get a good steak. <laughs> Come on, girl. We'll get you one. Looking forward to it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.